Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, September 14th. On this date in 1814, Francis Scott Key wrote the poem called Defense of Fort McHenry after witnessing the American flag flying over the Maryland fort after a night of British naval bombardment. That poem would, of course, later become the national anthem. And here's a look at your morning trivia. On this date in 1901, President William McKinley died in New York of gunshot wounds inflicted by an assassin. McKinley's vice president succeeded him, becoming the nation's 26th commander-in-chief. Can you name that president, though? I'll tell you that answer in just a couple of minutes. But first, it's time to check in on your Thursday forecast. All right, good Thursday morning. Meteorologist Joey Sylvan here. Cold front moving through. We'll keep a couple of isolated showers and storms in the forecast today. Overall, not very wet, not as wet as yesterday. High temperatures this afternoon will go up in the mid to upper 80s. A couple of isolated storms through very early this evening and should be dry overnight as the sky begins to clear out. Lower humidity starts to arrive overnight tomorrow morning. Upper 60s, 83 on Friday, 62 degrees with some inland 50s on Saturday morning. Dry, sunny on Saturday. Sunday, we may see a couple of showers and storms with high around 85. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. The Mount Pleasant Police Department is now looking for a missing man. This is Joe Robert Berry Jr. Police are asking that you keep an eye out for him. Berry is said to have left his home early yesterday and was last seen around 4 in the afternoon in the Park West subdivision. Berry's family says he does not like strangers and they believe he may run from them. Police say if you see Berry, do not approach him and call 911. Charleston police say they're investigating a deadly downtown shooting and they're working to learn who's responsible. Officers say around 4.30 yesterday morning, they responded to a report of a man who was found dead with what looked to be a gunshot wound. This was on Drake Street near South Street. The victim's identity has not yet been released. And while no arrests have been made, detectives say they are still investigating the incident. The Charleston Police Department is targeting underage drinking and drug use by implementing a new vice unit. The intelligence-led undercover unit will be made up of two detectives and a sergeant. They'll also target issues like gambling, prostitution, and illicit drug use for college-aged adults. Sergeant Anthony Gibson with the Charleston Police says young adults under the influence are a lot more likely to commit secondary crimes, and the unit's goal is to prevent that from happening. Crimes like the underage drinking, fake IDs, they are primary crimes, but it's the secondary and the tertiary crimes around it that really start to affect public safety and the quality of life around here. So crime often brings more crime. Just this week, the department got the okay from the city to apply for a grant to fund new software and training for detectives. Since the unit is undercover, there's no timeline for when it'll be in action. It all depends on the upcoming funding and training schedule. Cases involving convicted killer Alec Murdoch and two other men who are accused of conspiring to commit financial crimes with him are all expected to appear before a judge today. Hearings for all three, Murdoch, 
Corey Fleming and Russell Lafitte will take place in Beaufort County later this morning. Our Nick Reagan is in the newsroom to break down everything for us. Good morning, Nick. Yeah, good morning, Katie Shelby. Judge Clifton Newman, he's got a busy day ahead of him. Let's start with Alec Murdoch. You may remember the disbarred uh, low country attorney was convicted of killing his wife, Maggie, and youngest son, Paul, back in 2021. In March of this year, a jury found him guilty of uh, those two murders. Now, Murdoch, he's facing more than 100 state and federal charges related to financial crimes. Today's hearing, however, will focus only on state charges. A federal court hearing is set for later this month. Meanwhile, former attorney Corey Fleming is set to be sentenced today after entering guilty pleas last month. He was accused of being connected to Murdoch's financial schemes. Fleming faced 23 state charges, ranging from breach of trust to criminal conspiracy. Those charges stemmed from accusations that he conspired with Murdoch to take money from a wrongful death settlement from Murdoch's longtime housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield. Last month, Fleming was given nearly four years in federal uh, in prison for similar federal charges. And lastly, we have Russell Lafitte, who is the former Palmetto State Bank CEO. He was convicted back in November on six federal counts of federal crimes or financial crimes. Rather, at today's hearing, there will be discussions involving the 21 state charges against him. Prosecutors allege that Lafitte conspired to misappropriate funds to allow Murdoch to pay back loans that Lafitte had issued him from client funds. Now, we do have a crew who will be in Beaufort County to listen to each of these hearings. We'll bring you continued coverage throughout the day as those cases get underway. Katie, shall be back to you guys. The city of Charleston is giving us another update in what seems to be a never-ending conversation about the Sumar Street redevelopment, which was formerly the site of a Piggly Wiggly at the intersection of Old Town Road and Sam Rittenberg Boulevard. It all plays into trying to put some life back into West Ashley. Live 5 Skylar Hill explains what to expect next to this process. Last night, the West Ashley Revitalization Commission held a meeting in which they spoke on several different topics, including an update to the Sumar Street Saga. At this meeting, the WARC was able to let the public know that on September 21st, the city council will be coming together to come up with another option that might satisfy the people, the council, and the groups around West Ashley. The WARC has been dealing with the issue of having no place to call home for quite a long time now. Where we are tonight is a a perfect example of why I want to see Sumar Street develop. We are at the West Ashley Revitalization Commission. We're held at Citadel Mall tonight. But this commission moves from place to place because it doesn't have a permanent home. There's no consistent forum for this commission to meet at in West Ashley. The lot on Sumar Street was used to house the old Piggly Wiggly, but that was demolished back in 2018. There were previously three options on the table to fill the empty space, in which 72% of West Ashley residents voted for option one. The option came with an underground garage and easy access to businesses, outdoor areas, and civil buildings for meetings and gatherings. But after years of back-and-forth debate and trying to bring the development to empty Sumar Street lot, residents of West Ashley are still left in the dark without an idea what's coming to the empty lot. So we just got to get started, and I'm not impatient to have it done. But I do think we need to start developing a phase one and get that sorted out. And then let's work it out. Let's work it. Next week, the development committee is coming with option number four. Now, option number four is set to have a green space and a civic center as well. The price tag on that, though, is unknown. Reporting in West Ashley, I'm Skylar Hill, Live 5 News. 
The West Ashley community also got an update on another project called Plan West Ashley. The project guides any developments being worked on in the area. Plan West Ashley was created back in 2017, and as of right now, 74% of projects in the area are being completed or being worked on. Some of the larger projects include new stormwater standards throughout the city, Citadel Mall revitalization, and the Sumar Street redevelopment that we just mentioned. So far, $20 million has been invested into Plan West Ashley. A status update for all projects involved should be available by the end of the week. Uh, The Charleston County Public Library System has announced that blood pressure kits are now available to check out at all 18 branches. Some really good resources. Those free blood pressure monitoring kits include a blood pressure cuff, instructions, and educational materials. Our Madeline Jess Goyak is live at the Bees Ferry West Ashley Public Library, bringing us more on how the addition was all made possible and then also how it works. Good morning. Good morning. You can now visit any of Charleston County's public libraries to check out a blood pressure kit for free, just as long as you have a library card. The library says that you can check out the device for up to 28 days, put them on hold, and they are renewable twice if you need to use it for a longer period of time. The kits come with a device to measure blood pressure and a month-long tracker, too, so you can document your results. This is all thanks to a partnership with the American Heart Association. The goal is to expand resources to the community and put an end to undiagnosed high blood pressure. This collaboration allows folks to check on their blood pressure at home, which is more convenient than taking frequent trips to the doctor's office and saves money. Well, I think that, again, as time goes and as time evolves, uh, when is anything not a need in the community? I mean, there's a, there's a reason to have everything um, and anything that you don't have to pay for and that you can get the library for free and then just bring back. That's literally why we're here is to provide resources that you can use and turn back in. And then if you find that you need to buy one, then that's an option. But at least you can try before you buy. Okay. Checking the devices out is simple, and anyone with a library card can do it. You can do it a couple of ways. If you're familiar with the way that our, um, your account and your catalog works, you can put it on hold at your nearest branch, and we can put it in the holds area for you. You can also call ahead and check out and see if it's here, but it checks out like any other material. To check out a kit, Charleston County's pub. Charleston County Public Library is encouraging the community to ask a staff member at your local branch or you can visit their website at ccpl.org. Reporting live in West Ashley, Madeline Jaskowiak, Live 5 News. Thanks so much, Madeline. Now to court. A Berkeley County petting zoo owner has been convicted of inhumane treatment of animals. You may remember Justin Cully, who was cited for the violation in July after authorities found an abandoned trailer in the summer heat filled with more than 30 of his animals. He pleaded no contest in a hearing yesterday, which means he accepted the conviction but did not admit to the violation. There's no word yet on sentencing or restitution. Back in July, following the citation, Cully told us here at Life 5 that he had gotten a flat tire and went around the corner to get a replacement. Police say at least two animals died after the incident. In a statement, Cully responded saying he found Berkeley County's response was acted in a premeditated and biased manner. He went on to say he finds the allegations were embellished and over-exaggerated. When it comes to his decision to leave his trailer, Cully says, I made a mistake leaving the trailer at TSC or Tractor Supply Company. 
For the short time it took me to get the trailer tire replaced, but I did the only thing I could to move the animals out of there as quickly as possible. September is Ovarian Cancer Awareness Month, and in honor of this initiative, a few local musicians are holding a special concert tonight to make a difference. All of the proceeds from the event will go directly to the South Carolina Ovarian Cancer Foundation. Life Eyes' Destiny Kennedy joins us live at the Encore Music Hall in Mount Pleasant, where all the fun will be happening. So, Destiny, what's the significance of the foundation to those musicians? Good morning, Katie and Shelby. The goal of these musicians is to provide funding that will help towards early screening of ovarian cancer. Tonight, Lowe's Country Songwriter Against Ovarian Cancer concert will feature folk music, original songs, and poetry. You're taking a look at pictures from last year's event. Six artists have come together to create a musical experience that will uplift the community. This is Mike Kaufman's second year holding the benefit concert. This foundation holds a special place to Kaufman, part because his wife, Suzanne, served on the foundation's Low Country chapter board before passing from ovarian cancer in 2021. Decided we wanted to try and, and do something to, uh, to, to, to get some revenge. So that, that's what started the, uh, the event last year and the tour last year. This year, uh, we're not doing the tour, but we wanted to do something in honor of the month and, and to support the folks who are still fighting. According to officials at the South Carolina Ovarian Cancer Foundation, symptoms are so common that women often ignore them and medical professionals may misdiagnose them. Here are a few signs women should look for. Abdominal pressure, bloating, discomfort or bleeding, unusual fatigue, nausea, indigestion or gas. Tonight's concert is from 8 to 9.30 p.m. here at Encore Music Hall. Tickets are $20. If you haven't yet purchased them online, you can do so at the door. Reporting live in Mount Pleasant, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Thanks, Destiny. A cool event there. This week is National Suicide Prevention Week, and school districts want to raise awareness about the resources they make available to students. Charleston County School District officials say promoting mental health all starts with an inclusive, safe, and supportive environment. CSCSD tells us it has layers of support from counselors and psychologists to social workers and mental health coaches. The school district wants to give students the opportunity to discuss mental health openly in order to reduce the stigma. A link to student support services for CCSD can be found under the big red box. DHAC and local hospitals are encouraging people to get their vaccines for the flu and a new strain of COVID this fall. Staff at the Medical University of South Carolina say they are seeing more COVID and flu cases than last year, and they expect a spike in RSV cases. Doctors say the viruses have become some sort of triple threat. Health officials warn that the sixth season could be difficult for children and older people. DHEC says it plans to offer monoclonal antibody treatments, which is especially targeted toward kids with RSV. Doctors say the treatment will be life-saving. So a few minutes ago at the beginning of the show, I told you that on this date in 1901, a new president took the oath of office after the assassination of President William McKinley. That new chief executive was none other than Theodore Roosevelt. Celebrating birthdays this Thursday, singer Joey Heatherton is 79, actor Sam Neill is 76, actress Faith Ford is 59, actor Dan Cortez is 56, and actor Tyler Perry is 54. Thanks again for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great Thursday. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.